Hey there, everybody, and welcome to the How to Lead podcast, helping you unleash influence wherever you are. My name's Adam Tarno, and I'm joined, as always, by Clay Scroggins. Clay, how are you doing today? Doing great, Adam. Excited about this topic. Are you a John yeah. Mulaney fan? I, I like, yes. Yeah, I mean, huge. And I, um, I get jealous when I watch him or listen to him because uh, his writing is just impeccable. I mean, it, it's like I wish my brain worked like his and the connections that he makes and the little... Yeah. Uh, the the sleight of hand that he has. So I uh, very much respect what he has, and I'm a huge fan of his. You? And this is, uh, yeah, I really am. I I, I like, uh, I just feel like his his comedy is so um, insightful. Uh, he's got real interesting opinions about the world, but we're, we're using, we're, we're going to tell you this quote from John Mulaney in just a little bit. So yeah. um, it, it's really, we're, we're using it tongue in cheek. I don't, I don't right. know. I wouldn't imagine you. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see if John Mulaney, it would be interesting to know, does he see himself as a leader? Yeah. Is he a good uh, he leader? Clearly Maybe is. We'll put this out there and yeah, exactly. uh, he'll see this. He'll be, he'll be scrolling through Apple podcasts one day and be like, yeah. what is this? Who is, who is using me on how to lead like John Mulaney? And he'll click on it and he'll just, his mind will be blown. And then he'll That's come right. on and, uh, and say, this is your work, I, John. Yeah. I really want to be known as a leader. So help me, Adam and Clay, help me. Okay. So it's going to be all about three words, three words you have yeah. to l- learn if you want to be a great leader. Uh, do you want to go ahead and say what the three words are? Or do you want to wait and read the, <laughs> yeah, the, sure. the quote? The three words are, I don't know. Yes. Which is uh, not easy for leaders to say. It kind of runs counterintuitive to everything that leaders feel. I experience yeah. this with my kids all the time, though, honestly, Adam, because I, I'm not, this is not like a parent brag, you know, like the bumper sticker that says my kids, my kid made the honor roll. This is not like right. that moment. My kids have got, we've got some that we're worried about how they're going to do in life. And we've got others that we feel confident about <laughs> just like every other parent. But I can't um, imagine having groups of kids like that. Do <laughs> you have like, Oh, this group over here. I mean, you have like a hundred percent more kids than I do. So, yeah, well, we uh, don't tell them which group yeah. they're in, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, my kids, they watch so many, um, I mean, my screen time is a constant battle. So mm-hmm. whenever we're around parents that are like, oh, our kid, oh, we don't have screens in our house. We don't do screen time. We're, we just like want to crawl under a rock or leave whatever party we're at or wherever, because right. we're just like, oh gosh, we're complete failures. Our kids, truth be told, watch a lot of screens. Yes. Um, I, and, and it's a constant battle to try to get them to watch less. But I, tr- one of the things that I do appreciate is when they watch more educational shows, which there are a lot of really great. I mean, it started when they were little kids and they watched Wild Kratts. Did you offer to the Wild Kratts? Oh my gosh. Wild Kratts was great. Was so great. I I love it. Yeah, the cartoon guys. And then they were out there in the wild, you know, hanging out with rhinoceros and all that. And you learn stuff. stuff. Like, I mean, my kids would ask me these questions about dolphins or about, you know, the difference between alligators and crocodiles or, you know, what, and, yeah. and and they would ask me, and I did, what I didn't know is that they weren't asking me because they wanted to know. They were asking me to see if I knew because they knew the answers <laughs> to you. the question. Yeah, they were quizzing me. And <laughs> typically, I don't know. So I've had plenty of moments where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think my kids know more than me, which yep. makes me feel like maybe I shouldn't be a parent. And what I'm learning is that feeling is um, that feeling is persistent in the world of parenting, but it's also very prevalent in the world of, in our professional lives, that if yeah. we are waiting until we know it all, if we're waiting until we've got an answer for everything to be able to lead, we're never going to step out and lead. 
Yeah. So it is, it's three incredibly important words to be able to say, to say it with confidence, to not feel insecure uh, when you say it, because it is being authentic many times, because uh, we are presented with decisions that need to be made or, or, Hey, what's your opinion on this? And we're just caught off guard as a team leader, as a leader. And you just, you need to just say, I don't know. Uh, let's set this up. Read, read the quote from John Mulaney that talks about this. Cause I think okay. that will be helpful as well. And do your best Mulaney imp- impersonation oh, that gosh. you can. I don't, I don't have, you, I don't have, yeah, don't do it. Just, just read it. And I think, uh, I think we can all, uh, we can all envision him in his slim okay. fitting suit with his narrow tie <laughs> standing on stage at radio right. city music hall, uh, saying go. something like this. Okay. He said, um, in elementary school, it doesn't matter what you think. It just matters what you know. You have to have answers to questions. And if you say, I don't know, you get an X on your test and you get it wrong. And that's not fair because your brain has never been smaller. Also, (laughs) that's not how life works. If you came up to me now and were like, hey, John, name three things that the Stamp Act of 1765 accomplished, I'd go, I don't know. And get out of my apartment. (laughs) But when you're a little kid, you can't say, I don't know. And you should be able to. That should be an acceptable answer on a test. You should be able to write in, I don't know. I know you told me, but I've had a very long day. I'm very small and I have no money. So you can only imagine the kind of stress that I'm under. Gosh, that's so good. That's such good writing too. What a brilliant, brilliant guy. But he's right. Let's talk about stand-up comedians here for a second because I feel like his brand of comedy is incredibly difficult to have to memorize word by word like that. You take a guy like maybe Jim Gaffigan or Nate Bargatze or Sebastian Maniscalco, somebody like that. It feels like it's a little bit more intuitive. He could stumble and switch some words around. Mulaney's feels like it has to be precise. It has to be delivered that way, uh, which is not, uh, not an easy way to do that. But anyway, okay. So he makes a great point, makes a great point. I have not thought about the stamp act of 1765 till you sent me these (laughs) notes. So that right there, thank you very much, John. But, uh, all right. So let's unpack this myth, right. That, that we really need to understand that we need to know everything because if we're going to be a leader in the future, uh, and, and continue to lead for a while, we're going to have to learn how to embrace these three words. So give us a few reasons, Clay. I think you've got three thoughts on this. Why yeah. are these words so important? Yeah, I brought three three specific reasons as to why we have to embrace these words. I don't know. And, and, and these aren't words of resignation. They're just honest words of authenticity. But here's the first one. The first one is this. Number one, there is an onslaught of new information. And I specifically chose the word onslaught because I do feel like information is, it is, it's almost like it's chasing us. I mean, it is being created so rapidly. Here, here are a few stats according to the World Economic Forum. All right. So this is not, this is not Adam's opinion. This is the World Economic Forum. Which by the way, that either, that either sounds really important or totally made up. The world exactly. It's like, exactly. It's like one guy sitting in like a closet in like Albuquerque, New Mexico, being like, <laughs> I have titled myself the World Economic Forum. The world. All right. Well, but, we're going to trust that it's real. So give, give us some right. stats there. The amount of data generated each day, here it is, 500 million tweets are sent, 294 oh. billion emails, 300 billion emails sent a day, four petabytes of data are created on Facebook each day. I don't even know what a petabyte is. Four yeah, terabytes. I mean, what, 
terabytes, like that felt so new after megabytes. That's right. <laughs> now, that's right. Now it's like, well, that sounds like a dinosaur. Is that pterodactyl four, bytes? Like, four or? terabytes of data are created from each connected car, which I mean, I forgot the fact that so many of our cars are connected. Yep. Um, 65 billion messages are sent on WhatsApp. Uh, 5 billion searches are made. I love this stat that they offer. By 2025, an estimated 463 exabytes of data will be created each day. And that is equivalent. This is really great for those that are like, what's an exabyte? Well, they try to put it into our terms. That's equivalent to 212,765,957 DVDs filled with information. Golly. Per day, which that's such that's such an interesting stat because on one hand there's somebody listening that's going like oh okay and then there's somebody that's going what's a DVD you know yeah. what I mean? it's like, <laughs> at the same time it's like the most helpful and the most obsolete statement that's yeah. on this entire podcast that's so good all right so there is so uh, yeah onslaught is the right word it's coming after you I'm thinking of Indiana Jones uh, the very first one and that boulder that was coming after him in the beginning of that movie right like that's information. So it's impossible for us to know a lot about a lot of things, right? Because mm, there's just mm-hmm. so much new information uh, every day. And so if we uh, don't get comfortable with this, then we're really not being honest, right? And it, uh, that's not too far of a stretch to say that, is it? I don't think so. Uh, there, Kevin Kelly, the founder of um, Wired Magazine, he wrote a book. Uh, on the 12 most important technological shifts that are happening in the world that we should pay attention to. Excellent, excellent read. And when he talks about this concept that we're all, we should embrace the, the he calls it the newbie state. Um, mm. I'm familiar with that word from the gaming industry, you know, and those, um, yeah. you know, uh, first person, you know, whatever action games. If, if, you're, if you're new to the game, they're talking trash, they'll call you a noob right? That you're, you're brand new. You're like a rookie that you're, you haven't progressed. And he says, we have to embrace that state of being a new because tech technology is changing so rapidly. I mean, you just think about, you know, the last time you opened up an app that you hadn't used in a month or so. And, you know, you probably had to, it was probably, you know, being stored in the cloud. So you had to wait for it to download. And, and then you open it up and you go, wait a second, this has been updated. Where's the, where's the option that I just used? Where's the yeah, menu where's my that, I, that I was exactly, where's my button? I'm, I'm unfamiliar with this. I mean, updates are happening so frequently. Technology, you think about the technology that we're going to be using in five years that we weren't using five years ago. I mean, I'm, uh, when I get done with this, I'm going to go install my new Google Nest thermostat on, <laughs> I'm going to replace our thermostat with this Google Nest one. I mean, that technology, it wasn't even a thing five years ago. And now it's just so common to have these sophisticated, smart, learn from our behaviors kind of thermostats. So, I mean, but it's in every industry. It's in every, every app, every situation. We, we just can't keep up. We have to be willing to go, hey, I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Like, so, so you don't have to feel dumb. You don't have to feel insecure. You don't have to feel like, well, I know this is dumb that I don't know it, but I don't know it. I mean, just be honest and admit it. I, hey, I don't. You're going to have to help me understand what is a non fungible token. Explain that to me. And yes. the good news is, yeah. no one can really explain it to you. So that's that's the, <laughs> that's the great news. <laughs> that's right. You can just. It sounds like making up words like extabytes or extabytes yeah, and all that kind exactly. of stuff. So yeah, and and so the point here is, so as a leader, I think there's this thing in us that when you get that title of leader and somebody asks you a question. For whatever reason, we put this pressure on ourselves that we need to know the answer. 
Mm-hmm. And so we just start talking, right? We just start <laughs> talking. And I think everybody has just been in that situation where you're talking and you're like, I have no clue where this is going right now, but I'm going to keep talking until I find my point and try to sound smart. And listen, everybody in the room typically can catch on when you have no clue what you're talking about. And so the best thing to say sometimes is, I don't know, but we're going to find it out. Uh, We're going to go to YouTube. I bet there's some 13 year old that'll give us the answer. And so we're going to go out there and try to figure it out, which leads to your second point, because if, if we are not honest about our deficit of information or our lack of knowledge, that's going to start to become a character issue uh, after a while, right? And it's going to start to erode some trust. So let's talk about your second point here, that empty confidence erodes trust. Yeah, I would say, you know, the most important quality in any relationship is trust. Um, You can't have influence with other people if they don't trust you. And that's what we're doing every single day as leaders, whether we're selling something, whether we're trying to move people to do something they don't want to do to accomplish what they want to accomplish. We're trying to help people. We're trying to build trust with people so we can build influence with people. And empty confidence, this is number two, empty confidence erodes trust. Hmm. That when you walk around confident about something or even try to speak confidently about something that you don't really know what you're talking about, it's essentially empty confidence and it erodes trust. There's a an interesting article that I bumped into by a professor of business ethics at the University of Michigan. His name is Dr. Dave Mayer. It's uh, John's, John's dad. You may be familiar with his work. Um, yeah. He said this. He said in the article, he said, issues around confidence and competence fit into our prototype for what it means to be an effective leader. Of course, when we think about an effective leader, we think confidence and competence. I mean, they're able to stand up strong and they know how to do something. And then he goes on to explain that there's an idea, uh, there's a theoretical idea that he calls the implicit leadership theory, which is based on the idea that everyone has preconceived notions about how things should be. And then what we naturally do is we project those concepts onto our surroundings. So as we think about leadership, we all have these subconscious ideas about what a leader should be, what a a leader should say, what a leader should do, how a leader should respond to people. That's the implicit leadership theory that we just have this idea, this concept of what leader, what a leader is. And in our minds, we're like, well, it's a person that's confident and it's a person that's competent. But he goes on to explain that those ideas, they don't actually reflect what is an effective leader. This is what people think is the stereotype or prototype of an effective leader. But some of the strongest parts of leadership, yes, they do have to be, they do have to do with being intelligent or being decisive, but it's way more than that. That there's more than just how much knowledge a leader possesses. It, it has more than just the person who projects themselves as competent and knowledgeable. Honestly, any person can pretend by exhibiting a sense of confidence, even when they don't know what they're doing. But the most influential leaders, the people in your life, my life, that have influenced us most, and then this is what Dr. Mayer says as well, that they're people who realize that other people have insights and abilities that they might not have. It's this willingness to admit oh, I don't, I don't know it all. I don't have it all. I don't possess it all. I, I'm not going to walk around with this empty confidence because I don't want to erode the, well, number one, because it's just not true, but number two, because I don't want to erode the trust or influence. And the sooner we are, the sooner we're able to admit to that, I think the better leaders, the better communicators, and also the better all-around people will become. Yeah. I mean, I, that is so good. I like that idea, that implicit leadership theory, because really what I'm hearing you say there 
It's just the expectations that people place on leaders, right? That we all have these expectations. I'll do this sometimes when I work with leaders and and we're going to talk about leadership. I start by asking them that question, what makes a great leader? And I put all the words up on a, on a board or on a whiteboard or whatever. And it usually falls into two categories, characteristics and competency, right? So who a leader is and what a leader does always the, the words are overwhelming, always turn around. And my next question is how many of you have ever met a leader that fully emulates all of those words? And, and all my time of doing it, only one person has raised his hand saying, my dad, my dad does all that. I'm like, well, that kind of doesn't really count. And that guy was fired a couple of weeks later for being uh, overly stubborn. And so yeah, you, like, you, you haven't that. found your, your father issues yet. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so anyway, so it's, it's, uh, really oftentimes what we, what we want is a superhero, right? Like right. that, that right. really, right. when you put up all those words and people do that, it, that's what they want. And so I think as leaders, we can take on that identity and go, well, they, that's what my people need. They need the superhero. And so we go out there trying to act like somebody that we're really not. And I, and so I, I love this, this counterintuitive idea of being able to stop and slow down and say, I don't know, not only because the facts are stacked against us because of the onslaught, it's impossible, but that ultimately is, is going to erode the trust because it's going to be pretty clear that we, we don't have the answers to everything. Uh, just to reiterate and review, the first one is that there is this onslaught of new information. The second one, that empty confidence erodes trust. And then finally, number three, at a very basic level, there's just too much you just don't know. Uh, right. there, there, there is just too much that you just don't know. I remember at the very beginning of uh, the pandemic in 2020, we uh, had the opportunity to bring in Cheryl Batchelder to one of our leadership team meetings. Cheryl was the former CEO of Popeyes. She um, she led an extraordinary turnaround at Popeyes. I mean, what she was the the, the state of the company when she stepped into the CEO role uh, was in a pretty dire situation, and when she left uh, a number of years later it was in a remarkably stable and thriving position. And Cheryl is just a fantastic, fabulous leader. And so when I was interviewing her in front of our team, I said, Cheryl, um, let me ask you, you sit on a lot of boards. She's on the board, of, ironically, uh, coincidentally, on the board of Chick-fil-A. She's on a number of other pretty uh, substantial boards. And I said, as, as people are navigating some of the same complexity of the pandemic, and as people are uh, you 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 work with CEOs who are leading in different ways. What are the things you're noticing that you love, and what are the things that you're noticing that you're that are bothering you? And she said, the thing that I am loving from just a few, not a lot, but a few CEOs, is I'm loving the ones that are willing to admit that the answers to the questions we're asking are not sitting here in the boardroom. Ah, uh, that's that the good. answers to the questions that we're asking are out with the people. And if we can go get those answers, that is the way to move into the future. Because there's there's too much you just don't know. I mean, leadership gets tricky. It's dangerous, obviously, especially yeah. if you believe that in order to lead, you've got to have all the answers. And you're going to eventually find yourself in a situation where you don't know the answers. And then you'll either compromise trust by lying and acting like you do know, or you'll feel inadequate and you'll quit. You'll, you'll be paralyzed. That's the part I worry most about for leaders, Adam, are the ones that feel like, I don't have what it takes to lead right now. And the answer is, you're right. You don't, yeah. you don't have what, you don't have all the knowledge, you don't have all the information, but that doesn't disqualify you. Yes. That means that you should invite the help of other people, that you should lead with your vulnerability, you should lead with your weakness, that you should be willing to admit 
when you don't know. And sadly, there's many men and many women who today sit in their current career roles, just maybe twiddling their thumbs, waiting for what's next because they just don't feel like they know enough or they just don't feel like they're prepared enough to lead. And obviously I get that, but I want so much more for them. I want so much more for them to be able to risk and step out and uh, challenge themselves with something new that might feel even a little bit scary. And those yeah. three words, I don't know. I don't know. It uh, can help helpful. us move into that. Yeah. I, you know, I, what I, you, you tell that story about the boardroom and that the answer's not here. The answer's out there some, somewhere else with people. Like if I'm sitting in that room and I hear somebody say that, it feels like this immediate uh, pressure release, right? Like it oh, really does. Oh, yeah. And, and there, there's a sense of team now to go, not everything's riding on my shoulders to figure this out. And so I get to collaborate with others. I get to empower others. I don't have to add this to my to-do list to go solve this really uh, thorny problem that is going to be really difficult. My job is just to start asking some questions and look around and find somebody who has an idea of how to solve it. Or and you, you and I know how the creative process works. Um, our friend Jonathan Pakluda would always say that uh, bad ideas lead to good ideas, right? So my job is just to get a bunch of people in the room where we can start spitting out bad ideas, and then that might lead to a good idea. So, and it all starts with that ability to say, "I don't know, I don't know." Yeah, That's really, really helpful. That. So, all right, uh, a couple final thoughts. What, what do you have for us? Well, I would just say if you're feeling paralyzed because you just don't know enough, um, I would imagine there's more people that feel that way. I mean, certainly there are some of us, you know, in different areas where we feel like, no, I think I got it that we, you know, we need that check to go, wait a second, maybe I don't. Um, but I think more, more than often it's the, it's those moments in life where we just feel like, well, I can't because I don't have it. I, I don't have enough. I don't know enough. I'm not ready. And I would just say, keep challenging yourself, keep learning new things, keep preparing for what's coming your way. Even if you can't see it. I mean, this is what's so challenging is you're currently preparing for something that you cannot see. And you're not the first one to do that. Many people have before. I mean, be willing to say that you don't know when you don't know, and then go find the answer because the future is coming. I, there's a uh, Abraham Lincoln quote, which Tarno, I tried to reference, check this. This is one of those, you know, I feel like every great quote gets attributed to Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I do think this is something he said. He said, I will study and get ready and someday my chance will come. I will study and get ready and someday my chance will come. I mean, Lincoln didn't wait until he had achieved the position of president to start preparing for the role. He spent many days of his life getting ready and becoming a leader. It's not obviously it's not something that just magically happens when you feel ready or suddenly when you know everything. It's the fruit of consistently making choices that reflect integrity and demonstrate authenticity and exhibit patience with the process. And, and it's the person, it's the person that is willing to say, I don't know. And the best leaders the best leaders are comfortable with those three words. They do. They say it all the time. And rather than sitting around and waiting for your leadership opportunity to arrive, what if you just faithfully move forward with what you already have? Yep, that's so good. That's so good. So that's the homework, right? You've got to you've got to find some time in the next twenty four forty eight hours when you get asked a question. You have to honestly say. I don't know. And it's not abdicating responsibility, right? That's it's right. not like, I don't that's know, right. you go figure it out, right? Because that, <laughs> right. that's not going to bless people or yeah. not going to help people uh, either. It's, uh, I don't know, but let's us go try to figure this out or let's let's do some research and, uh, and try to do that. Because that is definitely, those are three words that leaders have to embrace if we're going to try to have any influence moving ahead in the future. So that's how you can lead like John Mulaney. All right, Clay, so a lot of this that we talked about today with embracing these three words, I don't know, 
are really coming from your new book uh, that's coming out. So why don't you talk a little bit about that and how the listeners can uh, either pre-order that, depending on when they're listening to this episode, sure. or go ahead and, and buy that. Yeah, the book drops uh, January 11th, 2022. So um, as, as soon as it is available, it's obviously, hopefully it'll be available wherever wherever books are sold. Uh, but yeah, the, the the title of the book is The Aspiring Leader's Guide to the Future, Nine Surprising Ways Leadership is Changing. I feel like this is one of those ways that um, it may have at one point been okay to say, to, to fake it till you make it, you know, to act right. like you know, even when you don't. Um, but the, the leader of the future, if we're going to skate to where the puck is headed and not to where the puck has been, then we're going to have to become the kind of leader that the future is demanding. And the future is demanding a leader that is humble enough that is authentic enough and that is vulnerable enough to be able to say, I don't know when you don't know. So <laughs> this is one of those surprising ways that leadership is changing. But yeah, there are there are eight others in my mind, Adam. Yes. And I'm sure we'll record some episodes on those. But in the meantime, go to wherever books are sold and, <laughs> uh, and pick up a copy. All right, Clay, good to be with you today. Yeah, thanks. Adam. Well, that's all we got for today's episode of the How to Lead podcast. You can always reach out to us via email. We can be reached at info at howtolead.work. That's info at howtolead.work. Every episode is mixed and edited by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again next time.